the matter of the people of the state of California versus Orenthal James Simpson, case number BA09. As I always say, we need more banter. That's what the people want. Give them what the people want. Taylor, tell me what your week was like. Or um, well, my week was super fun. Last time we spoke, I was in New York, a little bit upstate. I We went to a water park. We went into the city to the Natural History Museum. We were super fun. And then we also went to the Roosevelt's, which was like just so fun we went to Eleanor's cottage we went to the big house at Hyde Park we had to like take the tour go in the store was closed which was devastating because I was like I want to buy all these things but it was wonderful um so beautiful up on the Hudson River and just so nice so did all of that had a great time but man traveling is just exhausting so we flew from Newark to Las Vegas and it was like the bumpiest ride ever and then we stayed in Vegas for the night um, and then drove home yesterday so it's like confusing because we stayed at the hotel for a little bit and went swimming and stuff and then drove home yesterday but it's like a four-hour drive and then and then we got home and yeah so it's like confusing but I'm glad we have today which is Sunday to just like get our shit together <laughs> before we have to um, man traveling I think I mean I don't know if it's gotten worse or if I've gotten older People have told me that I'm becoming more of a grump the older I get. And so maybe that's a component of this, but I am over it. I think I'm totally over it. So I was in DC, so I'm just like so discombobulated. I have not been in my house in like eight, nine days. I left for Dallas last, last Friday. Left Mm -hmm. Luna with my mom and dad. Flew out to DC on Sunday. And then when I was going to come back, I was going to come back on um, on. That's Luna. Hold on. So I am supposed to come back from DC on Friday. It was a one week trip and mm-hmm. get to the airport. My flight keeps getting pushed back because the flight before me keeps getting pushed back and all the flights before that got pushed back. And what time, finally, are, you, what time are you supposed to leave? I was supposed to leave like six something. Because we left at 430 and I feel like we were like the last flight out. Like I didn't realize that there were storms, but it was like we had to take a whole new route. Instead of going like south, we went north and the flight attendants had to sit in their jump seats twice. It was so bumpy. Yeah, no, it was well, finally, it's like around 8 or so, 830 that they finally put us on the plane and we sit there and we sit there and we sit there and we sit there. And 30 minutes passed, 40 minutes passed. This storm, you can see it just kicking up. And the pilot comes on and says, hey, we are not getting authorization to take off because of the weather. And we've been working since 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Legally, if we don't take off like soon, we won't be able to take off at all because we can't legally work. Right, right. Yeah, that. And so we just wait another 10, 15 minutes. And they're like, yep, we're, we're, we're calling it. And they scrap it. So luckily, I got one of like the first seats after first class or before first, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and... I just sprinted because I was like, I know we're all headed to customer support. And so I sprinted yeah. there and I was maybe like only like the 15th person there. I waited for like an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, all so these works. people, all these people with international flights were like, I have to connect from my, from uh, DFW to Miami, to Peru, to, it, it was, it was just insane. I looked behind me, the line was at least a hundred people long. And I was yeah. like, I don't, I didn't get to my hotel till midnight, hadn't eaten. It, I was just like, this is so bad. Anyways, long story short is I got to Dallas finally, and I literally just stepped in my house in Austin, like 
20 minutes before we hopped on this. Uh, I'm over traveling. And if, yeah, I'm just completely over it. I know our friend asked us a very nice question about his his wedding coming up in December. And you're like, I don't care. I just want to be alone. <laughs> no, so, yeah, yeah. Jay, Jay texted me and Taylor and was like, hey, would, would you like to be have a, I was like, I'll do whatever. I just want to have the ability to be completely isolated. <laughs> that's fine. Like, if, as long as I have my own bathroom that's an ensuite, I'm good. But um, anyways, so. Anyway, well, I'm glad we're both home safe. We're both home safe. Let's go ahead and hop straight into it. I didn't do our <laughs> intro. Welcome to Doom to Fail, the podcast where we discuss a historic or true crime uh, relationship that was doomed to fail. I'm Taylor, joined here by... <laughs> wow. And I'm Fars. Oh, I'm Fars. Womp, womp, womp. Oh, God. That's great. That, was, per- that down. was perfect. My brain is shutting down. Taylor, why don't you that kick us perfect. off and tell us where you're drinking? Or no, I'm going to, I kick us off, right? Yeah, you go for it. You do the drink first. I'm going to tell you a story first. Um, I just want LaCroix. I just want liquids. I want to hydrate. I want to just feel normal again. And that's it. I'm just having my little peach full LaCroix here and it's delicious. I love that. That's right. I drink all my LaCroix, which is uh, disappointing if you go to the store after this. Um, but I'm drinking whiskey. Good for you. Me in the mood for this story. I have the exact same rock glass. It's from Amazon. I bought them at my job a couple jobs ago to start Whiskey Fridays because I thought that would be fun. And then COVID hit and it never happened. But I gave everybody a glass. So. I plausibly also got mine from yeah. Amazon. That seems likely. I'm sure you did. Where else? What are you going to do? Go to a store? Ridiculous. Don't be True. ridiculous. Um, all right. You ready? Yes. While you're talking, I'm going to periodically walk over to this window. So also as an aside, because I was gone for nine days, my cowboy pool completely evaporated. It's 110 degrees here every day. Mm. So I'm filling the damn thing up and I'm trying to make sure I don't overflow it. So anyways, yes, I'm ready. Wow. That's crazy. 700 gallons gone in eight, nine days. Wow. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. All right. So... I'll get us started. I can't remember if I told you that you could do this, and hopefully I didn't, because I'm going to do Bonnie and Clyde. Are you doing Bonnie and Clyde this week? No. Good. Did I tell you you could do it? Yes. This is like a comedian coming up with a great joke, a great bit, and giving it to someone, and then coming back and saying, can't have it. I didn't think about it until like Friday night, and I was like, I tell Farsi could do this, but then I was like, it's too late. I'm too far into this. So I think you know enough that we can just have a conversation about it anyway. Do you know who Mitch Hedberg is and Artie Lang? No. Okay, they're two comedians. They're two stand-up comics. And one mm-hmm. time, Mitch Hedberg went up to Artie because Artie's a fat guy. And he goes, uh, Artie, I came with a really funny joke, but I can't use it. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll give it to you. But if I ever get fat enough to use it, then you got to give it back to me. And they're like, okay, what's the joke? And he goes, um, you hear about the fat guy who uh, th- has never been swimming because it's never been 30 minutes past the last time he ate. And then he goes, well, that's good. Well, I'm going to use it. And then somebody told that joke to Artie at a dinner party. And then he comes up to Mitch Hedberg and goes, somebody else told me that joke. He's like, yeah, I get hot, really high. And I tell that joke to a lot of fat guys. And that was <laughs> a little, little bit about giving your jokes away to people. <laughs> That's really funny. I love that. That's so you can have it. You can have it back. You Thank it back. you. I'm going to give that joke to people as well because that's very exciting. <laughs> um, very funny. Um, anyway, okay. So – as you know, there's a lot of stuff out there about Bonnie and Clyde. There's like the movies, there's podcasts, there's books, there's just like everything you could possibly want to know about them. Um, I read Go Down Together, which I've read before, uh, which is a book about 
there are adventures and there's spree. I listened to the last podcast sometime in the last six months about this. Um, and I also read a little bit of a book called Fugitive by Bonnie's mom and Clyde's sister, which was like written really cute and colloquially, you know, like yeah. about them. And they're like, they're like, they're like, we don't deny that these guys were bad guys, you know, but we, you know, we love them. They were our family. So it was quite sweet. And if you read through, if you read Go Down Together or you listen to like the four, the four episodes of last podcast, you can get like a play-by-play of all the things that they did together. But let's focus on a few of the human things that I think are really interesting and more of like the doomed to failness of their relationship. Um, So I want to focus on before they met each other. The food they ate and the places that they slept, there's like six things. Their commitment to family, the people they killed, their injuries, and their deaths. That's still a lot. I just talk about these six things for two days, but here we are. Sweet. Let's get into it. Sweet. Cool. Um, so my final analysis, which I'm sure, I don't know, I'm sure you agree with me, but let's tell me if you don't, is that they're just like real dumb kids who wanted to be famous. What do you think about that? Yeah. And they were born into circumstances that didn't allow for other means of becoming mm-hmm. important to the world. Exactly. And they needed to be, they wanted to be important. So this is the one thing that they could do. Did you ever, like, if they were alive today, I think they would be, you know, doing like really stupid pranks on TikTok, TikTok you know? Yeah, yeah, so totally. do you remember in um, 2018, the, that woman who shot her boyfriend through a yes, book? Yes, yes. They're like those guys. So that was Mona Lisa Perez and her boyfriend, Pedro Ruiz. She was 19 and she was pregnant with their second child when they decided to start a YouTube channel of pranks. And he, the, the video of, is of her being like, I don't want to do this. And he being like, it's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. And he holds an encyclopedia that says shoot here as a target written on, drawn on it up to his chest. And within arm's distance, she shoots him in the chest and he dies. Yeah, she went to prison for 180 days. Because yeah, I think he, she, they used like a, a Desert Eagle or something, like a fifty caliber gun that was going to, it would have gone through like metal. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Either way, I have no confidence that a book is going to stop a bullet. And I know nothing about guns. It probably stop a 22. A Bible could probably stop a 22. Really? Even with those thin pages that close? Well, Taylor, when's the next time you're in Austin? We'll, we'll, I do not we'll, want to do it. We'll I don't record, to do with this. We'll record no. a podcast. That's stupid. Um, I'm just going to say right away that was dumb. So anyway, that guy died. And other criminals in this time, so this is like a really fun criminal time. You know, there's like Gang and Pretty Boy Floyd. They like knew about Bonnie and Clyde, but they were like, they're small time and they're stupid. Yeah, that was, the, that was actually the, the biggest takeaway I had from the last podcast series was that it was just like a sexy story. In terms of like actual being criminal masterminds, there were like absolute nobodies. Yeah, exactly. They were pretty, pretty terrible at the actual being a criminal part. We'll talk a little bit about some of the things that they did. But before they met, they were both just like poor kids in Dallas, in the Dallas area. Clyde was born Clyde Chestnut Barrow on March 24th, 1909. And that is a horse's name. Chestnut is, yeah, the chestnut is definitely one preakness at one point. Exactly. So he was dirt poor, like in the dirt poor. Everyone was very, very dirty. He was the fifth of seven children, which is too many children. The dad was a farmer and not in like a prosperous way, in like a barely made anything kind of way. And the mom was just trying to take care of her kids, which was really hard because there were so many of them. In the book Fugitive, his sister mentioned two times where he almost died as a child that I thought was interesting that I hadn't heard before. 
she said she's five years older than him and she said that she was so excited to have a little brother that when he was like one she squeezed him so hard he stopped breathing and taylor, taylor there's actually oh my god the world comes full circle there was a horse that was alive from 1995 until 2015 who was raced by a jockey named oppenheimer and the name of the oh. horse was chestnut amazing everything is connected did you see oppenheimer everything yet? is connected no no i'm waiting i'm gonna i'm waiting yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna drive to san antonio because san antonio has the only big reel that you can watch on actual imax so i'm probably gonna go next weekend i saw barbie that? i cried the whole time i didn't see oppenheimer but i did see barbie and i cried the entire time um i hate all men that is a offensive statement and that is kind of blanket and you have a son who's gonna be a man one day um except juan and miles and you both <laughs> you're that jay you're that jay you didn't make the cut sucker. <sighs> anyway so clyde chestnut barrow the horse is very poor um, his sister said one time she squeezed him so hard when he was a baby that he almost died and the mom had to like, go to a neighbor and get him revived and then when he was four he almost drowned and they had to like shake him so like that i think is interesting and weird that he had a couple like near-death experiences because like these kids were not well supervised you know that doesn't sound like it you know um he was like farm smart but not like book smart like he only went through fifth grade to school um clyde his family moved to Dallas in the 20s. This is like a hundred years ago in Dallas. And they lived in the slums and like the cement city part of Dallas. They lived under a wagon until the dad could get enough scrap to build a house. So they like took a horse and a wagon to Dallas and lived under the wagon with seven kids and two adults that just like blows my mind how poor people those these guys were. And some of his sisters and brothers were able to go into the city and become like hairdressers and get married and like get good jobs. His sister who wrote the book, she was married to someone who's in an orchestra. So they were able to kind of like get out of it via, via like relationships and little skills. But Clyde didn't have any skills besides kind of being a little bit of a crook, yeah. you know? Um, and he had several long, long relationships before meeting Bonnie and he's young this entire story. He never gets old. Um, but he had a girlfriend named Eleanor and a girlfriend named Anne. He lived with both of them um, at different points when he was like a teenager and he had one arm had a tattoo for Eleanor and the other arm had a tattoo for Anne. He never got a tattoo for Bonnie. Oh, poor Bonnie. So, but so it's hard to do petty crimes. He just couldn't make enough money to be out of the slums. This is also a really big car stealing time. So people always would like leave their keys in their cars. Cars were new, you know, I'm sure you've heard that before. And like, I don't know exactly the details of like starting up a Model T, but I hear it's hard. You have to like crank it. Yeah. Do the cranking. And then you have to like press a bunch of pedals and like move things. And so it's not easy to do. Yeah, I think, so, I think it, it's supposed to replicate what the current starter motor does. You know when your battery's dead and you're, you're mm -hmm. trying to shut the car and goes, vuh, 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 it does that thing. That's a starter motor trying to fire. I think this, I'm doing a crank motion right now. Yeah, uh, that's supposed to replicate that. Yeah, exactly. Got it. So that's, that's what they had to do like every time it started yep. the car. Yeah. Eventually in, oh, but also I just want to also mention that he's a really good driver. He drives I've without his this. shoes on. Um, so no shoes, bare feet, and he can like drive like up to a hundred miles an hour on these like dirt roads. Cause most of the roads in America are, are dirt. Like, dirt, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. So eventually in 1930, Clyde gets sent to prison and he goes to the Eastern prison farm, which is essentially a farm and it's still a farm where, and also a prison today, 
it's called something else that I did not write down, but it's still a farm. There are 4,000 cows, 52,000 chickens, 5,000 hogs, and 1,400 acres of crops. And guess how many people actually work there and get paid to work there? Four. 11. Okay. And the rest of it is just like prisons. Yeah, prisoners. Exactly. But it's just like prisoners for like two cents a day working this land. While Clyde was there, he was repeatedly raped by a fellow inmate named Big Ed Crowder, which was horrible. And it was horrible for Clyde who liked being in control, obviously. And he was like brutally raped by this man like every day. Um, And another inmate who was in in jail for life and had nothing to lose was like, if you kill him, Clyde, if you kill Big Ed, I'll take the blame. So you won't get any more time on your sentence, but I just don't want to kill anybody, but like you can do it. So Clyde waited for him in the shower and hit him over the head with a pipe and killed him. And then the other guy came in and stabbed him a bunch of times and said that he was the one who did it. Nice. So Clyde was, was in, like, nice of him. Never. Yeah. Super nice. So um, Clyde was miserable there. He hated it. He started he was on the farm duty all the time. And do you remember how he got out of farm duty? But he did. Yeah, he cut his toe off, right? Yeah, he cut his toes, two toes off, like a big toe and like the second toe. Which I feel like I would go for the pinky toe, where I. Talk. But he didn't. But he didn't even need to do that, right? Exactly, he didn't need yeah. to because six days later he got out. Yeah. Of his mom talking to the governor and talking to people, so he really didn't have to do that. But for the rest of his life, he had a limp because he missed was missing two toes. Probably why wearing shoes was uncomfortable in the car, you know. Yeah. Because he was missing two toes. So. Clyde probably met Bonnie right before he went to prison, but they like started to start to really be together after he gets out. Bonnie Elizabeth Parker was born in 1910 in Rowena, Texas. So she's two years younger than him. She was also poor, lived in this terrible neighborhood. She liked to write poems and imagined like that she could be a movie star. She was very dramatic, like really wanted to be famous. Like that was like her big thing. She liked to write oh, she liked to write poems. She also probably dabbled in sex work before she met Clyde and even a little bit after. That's something that like, girls did, you know, pretty often in that situation. She When she was 15, she married a man named Roy Thornton. She had a tattoo of his name, so um, which is, you know, funny. He was also a criminal. Um, and Any relation divor- to Billy, Billy Bob? Nope. I don't think so. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, everything in life will com- comes full circle. So it's true, possibly. Um, they, Bonnie and Roy, never divorced, but they didn't see each other after 1929. They never saw each other again. He was killed in 1937 trying to escape from prison. So this is I just wrote in all caps. She's just tripping over scumbags. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, that's hey, that's my joke. I know that's your joke. I saw that too. But you know, like none of these guys are gonna take her out of this poor neighborhood you know yeah, you you date within the circle that is around you so like if mm-hmm. the circle you're around is like other poor dirt farmers and crooks then that's what you date yeah exactly so it's 1930 and here's what they're doing they are blah 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 he does some robberies he's robbing banks getting like a little bit of money robbing grocery stores stealing cars and uh, i want to talk about the food they ate and the places that they slept because i think it's fascinating so Eventually, like, they're on the the run constantly, and they didn't eat very much. They never had that much money, so they would give money back to their families. They would buy nice clothes, but they didn't really concentrate on, like, food. And they were both very, very small, but they lost, like, a ton of weight while they were on the run because they just, like, didn't have time to eat everything. 
they there was a story where Bonnie asks one of her accomplices to boil her one egg, which I think is funny because I feel like I have one egg. I don't know. Trust I mean, me. I don't. I don't get people that can't eat. Me, I mean, I, me either. Taylor, on the way home from from uh, Dallas just now, the reason I, I was I swooped in twenty minutes like before this recording time was because I took like a ten minute detour to go get a burrito from Chipotle. And I was going to eat the burrito in the car while I was on the highway driving back to my house. Like I was that hungry. Half the thing just ended up all over my clothes. But I was like, I, I, I'm hungry. So the thought yeah. of like not eating. Is You're going like... to stop and eat. Yeah, exactly. Remember when we ate queso in your car in the morning and got everywhere? Because I slammed on the brakes. And yeah. neither you or the ex-wife was holding on to the queso. And just, yeah, I remember that. Because it was just like in the middle of the <laughs> Anyway, it was delicious. And Home delicious. state. Yeah, delicious. Um, So... Some things that I think are fun about them, like their food, like they would eat like tinned sausages and like cold food, you know, and they couldn't have like a fire sometimes because that would have people, you know, pay attention to them. So they wouldn't have a fire to cook anything. So they'd eat like cold sausages. Um, they often wanted to eat, but couldn't like sit in a restaurant because people were kind of always on the lookout for them. So they would go to the restaurant and ask for food to go, but that wasn't really a thing. So they would get the restaurants to give them plates and silverware and they would take them and go eat in the woods and then bring it back. Wow. Which I think is funny and nice. And when Bonnie died, she was holding a hamburger. And I think about that every time I eat a hamburger. That's exactly how I hope I die. <laughs> In one way or another, I want to be holding a hamburger when I, when I finally die. Oh, so yeah. uh, I think about that every time I have a hamburger. So they never have a home. They're staying in motor courts, which is where you could like park your car and like camp or eventually it would turn into like roadside, mot roadside motels. This was like happening at this time in America, like right before the depression. Later, there'll be like farmhouses and places that are abandoned that they'll stay at because of the depression starts to really kick in and people are being like foreclosed on and losing their homes. Eventually they could rent a room for like one night or they would stop by a farmhouse and be like, hey, we're driving by, can we stay here tonight? And they would like give them a few dollars, which was like, I think common until it wasn't. Yeah, common for, for most of humanity that you could just stop at someone's house and be like, "Can I stay over?" You know. Yeah, now it's an Airbnb. Yeah, that's what I was gonna tell you. That there's another one that's an Airbnb. I'll get there. So they're on the run, killing people, robbing things. Um, I'll tell you about the people they killed, and um, one particular place where they stay is in Joplin, Missouri, and this is the Airbnb I'll tell you about. So it's 1933, and they have an accomplice named W. D. Jones. He's like a young man. He's a, he's even more of a teenager than they are. And also Clyde's brother, Buck, and his second wife, Blanche, joined the gang. So Buck had just gotten out of prison. He had turned himself in to get a lighter sentence and got pardoned. So he was like, he had the opportunity to kind of go straight, but he um, did not. He went straight for like yeah, an hour a and a half. Yeah. yeah. And Blanche didn't want to be there, but she wanted to be Buck, so she stayed. So the whole time... They're going back to Dallas to see their family, no matter where they are. They're like in like Missouri, like all over the South, like driving around. But they go back to Dallas like at least once a month to see their families. Clyde's dad owns a gas station. So they throw a Coke bottle with a note in it in the front yard and be like, meet us at this park at midnight. And people, and that's where the family would know when to meet them and say hi. When they were doing well, they would be able to give their family money. They would give Clyde's brothers money to go buy them nice clothes because they always liked having nice clothes. They really wanted to like look well, look nice, even though they probably smelled terrible. Yeah. Sleeping in their car all the time. And um, eventually, Bonnie's mom and sister join them. Like, they're not thrilled. They want Bonnie to get out of this, but they want to be able to see her. So they spend a lot of time with the Barrows just to be able to see to see Bonnie. And so they keep going back home. Um, now they're in Joplin. So this is where kind of 
the cross of like their families and where they lived. They're in Joplin, Missouri, and prohibition just ended. So the drinking beers, because beers are the thing that's legal, even though they like, drink bootleg whiskey all the time. Um, Clyde would never get super drunk because he's always a getaway driver, but Bonnie would drink a fair amount um, for someone so small. And they're in this building. You can rent an Airbnb, and it's also on the National Register of Historic Places that we talked about last week. So mm. it can never be destroyed. Um, it's an apartment above a garage. So it's a standalone building of the garage, an apartment at the top. They rented it for a while. They were there for like almost two weeks um, with the group. And they were doing some shady things like Blanche had said that the apartment was for two people, but there were clearly five people there. It was WD, Blanche, Buck, Bonnie, and Clyde. And then also they like parked backwards in the garage. You could like zoom out really quickly and yeah. the windows covered. So the neighbors were like, we're a little sus about like this, these people that are staying at this, at this apartment. Um, eventually someone calls the police. So 12 days into their stay there, it's April 13th, 1933. Uh, they, the police come and try to raid the place and there is a shootout. Two police officers die. So they end up, the Barrow gang kills, I think 12 people. I'm going to read you their names in a minute. So two officers die and Blanche loses her dog, which is sad. Oh. She like, really wanted her dog. She lost her dog. And I can imagine her being like, I have to get my dog. And I'm being like, no, you know? Like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. So they left, and they left everything behind. And this, if you remember, is, like, the reason they're super famous. Because they left behind, like, a shit ton of guns, Bunny's poems, all the newspaper clippings that they had been keeping to, like, keep up with how famous they were becoming. And the famous photos of them. They, it wasn't, they weren't even developed. It was a roll of film. And the police got them developed, and it was, like, a gold mine. It's the photos that you know of Bonnie and Clyde, like, in front of the car with guns, and she's smoking a cigar, and they're, like, putting guns in each other, and they look, they have the, the cute little 20s, 30s clothes on, and that's what really made them, like, super famous. Yeah, but that, that, I know the cigar, the one with, that was, like, like, lecherous for a woman to have like a cigar in her mouth apparently mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, she was adamant that she didn't actually smoke it she just had it yes yes she was a lady because that like would hurt her reputation after she's like in this murderous gang of bumble <laughs> you know <laughs> but she didn't smoke a cigar and so now they're like nationally famous because those pictures are printed and everything because they're cool you know, like it's a time when like now it's super into the depression. People are like super looking for like a distraction. And I think like you said before, it's like it's sexy that these two people are like on the run together. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. And so I also want to tell you the people that they died because it's all fun and games, but a lot of people died. Um, and Clyde killed some of the people killed by the gang. Bonnie was kind of in, uh, charged with one of the murders. Who knows? She probably shot the gun sometimes, but they're mostly police officers who were not like career police officers. They were like a dude who would like have a job as like the sheriff on like the weekend. Right, know? right. And you get like paid a little bit of money if you like brought someone in, but it wasn't like you had to like bring your own gun. It wasn't like the police force. But the people that they killed, just to read their names, um, there's John Napoleon. Butcher, Deputy Eugene Campbell Moore, Howard Hall, Doyle, Doyle Ellie Myers Johnson, Deputy Malcolm Simmons Davis, Detective Harry Leonard McGinnis, Constable John Wesley Harriman, Town Marshal Henry Dallas Humphrey, Prison Guard Major Joseph Crownson, Patrolman Edward Brian Wheeler, Patrolman Holloway Daniel Murphy, and Constable William Calvin Campbell. So they killed a fair amount of people. That's 12. Yeah. The 12? That's what I counted, 12. Yeah, 12. That's a lot. 
It's a lot. And it's in only two years. You That's know, a it's a lot. I, I thought, yeah. I don't remember the last podcast episode of it all that well. Um, there's something that stick out to me, but like how many people they killed didn't stick out to me, but like it should have. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, it really is a ton. And they didn't, they never like got away with like millions of dollars, <laughs> you know? Like, it was all stupid. It was, it was like, all stupid. It was, like, they, they described, um, who was it? It was, it's like broke crimes. It's like, it's not even like cool, like sexy. Like they'd get away with like a dollar fifty and somebody would die for it or something. Like it was yeah. Just... Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of like, sometimes the bank teller would like try to be a hero, you know, and like have a gun, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And she would be there. So there's also some jailbreaks during this time. I'm not going to talk about it in full, but Clyde was obsessed with breaking people out of. Um, specifically Easton prison where he had been because he was so had such a terrible time there that he just like wanted everybody to be free and he had planned several times to just like drive in and save everybody in like certain ways um, he, they did one little jailbreak where they got six guys out and um, people died during during that um, so this whole time they are killing people for literally no reason they're stealing small amounts of money they're starving but they're nicely dressed um and they're also very very injured so i'm gonna talk a little bit about the injuries that they have and some of their gang gets during this during these like the two like kind of crazy years are 32 to 34 okay so remember clyde cut two of his toes off so he's limping the whole time but also like very short and he's limping and on june 10th 1933 they're driving at night and he misses like a turnoff for a detour and he's very good at driving so he's probably like confidently going very fast and he misses a turn and he flips the car and the car flips over and bonnie's leg is burned from hip to toe by battery acid yeah. like you, can see, you can see the bone in places <sighs> So just like an absolutely horrifying burn all over her leg. Um, they go to a local, like not a local, like a nearby farmhouse. And the people who live there put um, baking soda on it to try to like help it. But they're like, she has to go to a doctor. And Clyde's like, we can't go to a doctor. Like we can't go to a hospital. So it never heals. It's like always oozing and she can't walk and she's always in the car because they're always on the move, but there's no place to stay and heal. So she's always like curled up in the back seat. So when it does start to heal even a little bit, her leg can never be straight again. Yeah. Yeah. It's healing like the curled up position. And like, there are people who will find them and report that they know where they are because they keep throwing bloody bandages out the windows. Ugh, I remember this. Just keep, like, keep like dressing her, her like horrific wounds. So even when they're like, getting other members of the people to like join the gang or whatever that means and other people coming in if they like go rob a bank she's in the car like waiting for them like all like kind of curled up and injured in the back must have been just like horrifically painful i can't even imagine you know at the same time though if she went to a doctor back then they probably would have just sawed her in half like i mean would she have really been that much better off with actual medic medical care maybe maybe the i feel like you're right they probably would have amputated her leg yeah, they would have made it easier to move around. Yeah, yeah, that's you know? true. Because like towards the end, he she, he had to carry her. Like, they went back to their to their parents a couple of times, and they were like horrified by how um, unbelievably um, injured they both were. Um, they get shot other times as well. There's like blood everywhere. At one point, their clothes are so bloody that they have to wear sheets. They cut a hole in a sheet and are dressed like ghosts. You know, because like their clothes are just so full of blood. Like, the car is full of blood. It's just like disgusting they're so injured this story veers away from like a romantic tale of like a sexy couple into like halloween horror nights yeah like, real quickly 
once you hear the details, you're like, ew, guys, go home. Yeah, no kidding. Be from her. So in the end, she can't walk. Um, on July, in July 1933, they're camping and the cops are called because they're being suspicious. And Blanche is still with them. So Blanche is, um, you know, Buck's wife. And she's like, she's lost so much weight. She weighs 90 pounds. When she's finally in jail, she'll weigh 80 pounds. She's like emaciated. She's not eating anything. And she's wearing this like really nice outfit that she bought with some of the money that they got. So she, she looks weird. People are like suspicious because she's wearing this nice outfit that doesn't fit her anymore because she bought it when she was healthier. And now yeah. she's like, you know, 80 pounds and she's wearing this outfit. So people are like, what's going on? And so they call the police because these guys are like, you know, public enemy number one, you know, they're, they're looking for them. And um, the cops come and they find them where they're camping out and there's there's a shootout and Buck, who is Clyde's brother, is shot in the head through his forehead and his brain is exposed. Oh. Which is so gross. But he's, but he's alive. And they all get into the car. Blanche pushes them into the car. Bonnie's in the front seat. WD is there. Bonnie can't straighten her body. Blanche has her arms around around Buck in the back seat and she looks up right as a cop shoots out the window and glass from the window shoots into her eyes and Blanche can't see. So Blanche is screaming because her eyes are full of glass and Buck is still alive. They're in the car. They drive like they drive away to go stay in an abandoned amusement park which is unbelievable and they're there and they are pouring hydrogen peroxide into the hole in Buck's head. Oh my god. And he doesn't die. They, they dig like, a grave for him. It's like terrifier, except it's all happening like, yeah. like it's all self-made problems. So they, they, he, they dig a grave for him. They're like, Buck's going to die any minute. And he doesn't die. So they're waiting for Buck to die. They can't really move him because his head's like open. The cops find them and they start shooting. Buck is shot again and he still doesn't die. He's shot <laughs> in the back. And... Yeah. There's a great picture of Blanche. I'm sure you've seen it, and I'll post it. Where Blanche like is getting arrested. She's like screaming, and she has like sunglasses on because she can't see anything because her eyes are full of glass. And um, they take him to the hospital. Buck's mom gets to see him before he dies. He ends up dying of pneumonia, which is like so crazy because you have we were shot so many times. People were hardy um, back then. I guess. Well, Blanche is really pretty. She's really pretty, and so she actually. One of her eyes will never regain eyesight, but her other one does heal. And um, she goes to jail. She does get put in jail for her part in some of the some of the shenanigans. But she gets to be old. She dies in 1988. So seriously, that's, mm-hmm. that's crazy. So yeah, that's it's it's not that ancient history, I guess. Mm-mm. In the movie, in the the Warren Beatty movie, um, the woman who plays Blanche is not as pretty as Blanche in real life, but she won the academy award for that role and blanche was pissed because <laughs> she was like i was way cuter than bonnie which is true because bonnie was hotter blanche was hotter than yeah in the movie bonnie was hotter yeah yeah well she's a lead yeah i know we know no, know your place <laughs> <laughs> so okay so now during that shootout so blanche and buck they go buck does die blanche gets in jail so um WD, Bonnie and Clyde run away. They steal another car. Uh, you know, they're, re- they're unbelievably injured, unbelievably dirty, unbelievably starving. And they now, like, the Texas Rangers are after them, which are, like, you know, the top cowboy cops. top cops of Texas. is like, crazy lawman, specifically a man named Frank Hammer. He's, like, going to get them. WD is still there. 
but they drop him off to see his family in Houston and they tell him to just say that you were like forced to do this. Eventually he goes to jail, I think for this and for other things, but he also lives to be old um, as well. So Bonnie and Clyde are alone. They're 23 and 25. They're still like very young and they're both like super injured. Um, and the Rangers get a tip that they think they're going to be driving down a certain road at a certain time. So the Rangers are waiting like in the bushes and it's super hot and it's a muggy and there's mosquitoes everywhere. And they're like about to give up. And then the car drives by it's nine 15 AM on what day it's on April. Nope. It's on May 23rd, 1934. So it's 9.15 a.m. and the car is driving by fast and the cops just start shooting. They shoot and they kill Clyde instantly. They shoot him in the head. So his car is still moving. So the car swerves to the side of the road. Bonnie starts screaming and the officers get up and they shoot 130 rounds into the car. Um, obviously killing them both. They're both super I mean, bad. Bonnie's holding lucky, lucky Clyde. I know, for real. Because it was so bad that the coroner had a hard time embalming them because they were so full of holes. Yeah, they were shot so many times. Um, the uh, thousands of people came to see their bodies, um, and that's where it becomes sort of like a myth and a legend as well. Because people are seeing their bodies, they see the car. The car was obviously stolen. Um, so the woman who got whose the car was stolen from took it back, full of blood, like not cleaned, just like took it back, and it went on like a tour. You could sit in it for a dollar, and it would like go into sideshows. And now it's in Prim, Nevada. I tried to find it last time I was in Prim. That's like on the way home from Vegas, and I like went to the casino, and it was 10 in the morning, and it was like really weird, and everybody was smoking and like gambling, and I was like, I couldn't find it, and I just like left. I didn't ask anyone. Is it, So it's I'll in a again. casino? Yeah, it's in Prim, Nevada, which is on their way, on the 15, on the way between LA and Las Vegas. Prim Valley Resort and Casino. Resort, I think, is generous. Oh, the death car. There we go. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. I mean, I... I saw it in high school, yeah. I posted part of it. It's pretty cool. So, it's a lot of bullet holes, though. It's a lot of bullet holes. They really went down. I mean, look, I get it. If you're the cops and you're like, all these people do is kill cops and I got a chance to take them out, like, just... Empty the empty the what what are they called magazine yeah yeah <laughs> I know I know things <laughs> Tommy guns you know the whole thing yeah their liability is to have them out there you know you can't just right. like like oh they're petty criminals because like they're doing petty crimes but they're killing people so like it just can't it's just not safe to have them out on the road they gotta go you know yeah and they love escaping from jail as well so other so other stories that I didn't talk talk about with like putting a saw inside a radio and sneaking into jail you know like stuff like that like it's very like a cartoon what you think being in a jail in 1930 would be like uh this also reminds me of godfather when sunny was killed remember Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they jump out and it's just like just like tommy gun riddled the whole thing right most violent scenes i I saw that as a kid my parents should not let me see that movie well hopefully um hopefully bonnie died quickly (laughs) After that, I mean, that's yeah. that first shot, you know, and didn't get like a thousand shots like Buck did and still like hang on, you know, hopefully it went fast for her. Um, but yeah, they were super young. Um, a couple things that I wanted to mention though before I cut it off obviously, the cars that he was stealing were Fords, which is like it was like the most popular car then. So, um, on April 10th, 1934, so less than two months before he was killed, Clyde wrote a letter to Henry Ford. And he said, 
While I still have got breath in my lungs, I will tell you what a dandy car you make. I have drove Fords exclusively when I could get away with one. For sustained speed and freedom from trouble, the Ford has got every other car skinned, and even if my business hasn't been strictly legal, it don't hurt anything to tell you what a fine car you've got in the V8. But that's actually kind of sweet. Isn't that sweet? Like, he, didn't, he never bought one, but he sure as shit stole a ton of them. <laughs> Did that letter get to Henry Ford? Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how else we read it, you know? Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That is, uh, this, that is like the most quintessential doom to fail of all most iconic doom to fail relationships. I think, um, I can, mm-hmm. I can imagine. Yeah. I think so too. And I have a poem of Bonnie's, but I'll put it on the thing. I don't need to read it, but they're long, short, like really long rambling poems. That's but... actually the thing I remember the most from the last, last podcast was how she had no understanding of punctuations. Mm-hmm. or anything so like because henry would read it like with punctuations and it was it just quote unquote and then you know quote yeah unquote, it was like, and she's like writing about? she's i feel like she in her own way is writing for history because she knows that there there's so many times her, her mom is like you have to leave you have to leave him and she's like i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm gonna die with him like this is it you know like, i'm not gonna I'm not gonna like leave and like go to jail for ten years and then like have a regular life. She's like, I, I'm gonna die with Clyde, and it's gonna be soon. And they knew it would be soon. Like when Buck died, his parents didn't buy a gravestone because they were like, let's just wait till Clyde dies so we can buy one for both of them. Because they, they knew it was gonna happen. So, times were so different. How horrifying! Just like yeah, I don't know. You know. I don't know. I literally had the thought earlier while I was driving. I was like, dude, in two years I'm gonna be forty, which makes in like twenty years after that sixty. Like I'm almost dead. Yeah, it's hundred percent true. You're almost dead. I'm at least fifty percent dead. We've almost lived twice as long as Clyde. It's Clyde. The way Mayo. the way I live, I'm probably three quarters dead. <laughs> I think you're fine. You'll be fine for a while. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so before we go over, where you over to your side and cut it off and do the next one, I do have a. Um, listener mail from my cousin Lindsay again and she wanted to let us know about how sexist sexist it is that crimes are not named after women and she was like yep it's definitely sexist Um, she says if you think about things that are named after women they tend to be things like tropical storms victim crimes and food the first two are involuntary or or irrational reconfirming stereotypes of women as powerless weak and illogical and the last is not necessarily bad but it celebrates women's contributions to food but also exemplifies the way the system has worked and enshrines women in the kitchen so she goes on but um essentially like yep it's not nice what crimes after the women who did them yeah what else is named after women yeah i guess nothing yeah I mean, to my credit, there's no there's no hurricane farces or. Uh, Look, I think crimes. that they, I think they like very recently had to be like we have to stop naming all hurricanes after women. Like recently, because they were like, it's rude. We should okay. cut that out. What about the fact that we think that all, like ships and usually cars have female? Yep, just got her yesterday. You know, like we were. Yeah, good question. To them in the feminine which like i don't know if i owned a yacht i mean it would be weird to call it male i agree um 1979 is when they stopped being named after just women being for men and women wait what did i okay why are boats female it's surmised in ancient history ships were once dedicated to goddesses 
When beliefs and uh, goddesses wane, ships were named for mortal, important mortal women. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. But they, could you imagine yourself, like, you and Juan get rich enough, you have, like, a 40-foot yacht, and you're like, hey, guys, y'all want to go on the Burt? Like, no, I don't want to go on Burt. I definitely refer to our cars as men, like, masculine. You really? I even the Mazda? Her. Yeah. The Mazda Really? Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Well, Lindsay, thank you for the sentiment. Anybody else, if you have thoughts on other things that should be named male or female, please let us know. Lindsay, did you see Barbie? I, I feel like you also would hate the patriarchy as much as I do after watching it. So text me about that. I, I didn't even realize there's supposed to be like a political note to Barbie. I cried the entire time. I was so mad. Interesting. Well, then I probably won't see it. <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want to make myself upset for no reason. Um, cool. Well, well so through guys. the power of editing, I'm going to go ahead and cut this off and I will join, we will join y'all again in four days, three days. Two days. Two days. Okay. Thanks all. Bye.